All right, guys. Well, we got Lamont Phillips back. We got Josh and myself, Kevin. And this is uh, Culture Sports. So, guys, how do you guys feel about the NFL changing the, the rule that they could challenge pass interference calls now? I just read about that today. So, how exactly does that rule work? I honestly feel like it's just going to extend the game, obviously, make it a lot longer. I mean, in some circumstances, as we saw in the NFC uh, championship game there, there's crucial moments in the game that can use it. But that's kind of like, that's kind of like, I think, baby in the game. The game is babied enough with all the the penalties you could get, uh, protecting the quarterback type of league, you know. So I feel like now they're just going to baby it with the calls. And then that's probably going to result into something else. Then you could challenge the holdings. Holding happens on every play. Like, if it's going to go to that extent, they're going to, so they just got they got to figure something out but i don't i i have mixed feelings about it but if is is it a trial thing i saw something about it being a trial basis for this season coming up no it's it's official it's official yeah i i mean i'm let's give it a shot i'm down to give it a shot i mean i can't sit here and pass all that judgment on it and just to see not how it works you know what i mean what do you think phillips <laughs> I- it has to be – it should be in certain situations. And what is it, like a challenge? Is that what it is? Yeah. No. Yes. So so one of your challenges could be on that. And yes. That's, that's – that's, it's tough. I, I like what the – I like what the AAF has. When you have a referee that's an extra referee that he takes that – that's his job, that after a play he looks to see if a flag should have been thrown. To sit here and put that in the coaches, you yo, there's pass interference on eighty five percent of the plays. It's a hold in or a pass inter. It is what it is. I mean, it just sucks that the reason they're doing this is because they robbed New Orleans. Now the game is going to be a million times slower, like Josh said. And then on top of it, you already baby the quarterbacks. Now you're babying the receivers. This is going to be an offensive game, point blank. Period. It's, it's what, give me give me a rule that's going to help the defense. Well, for me personally, I like the rule. I'd rather get it right, for example, like for the Saints and uh, Rams game. <clears throat> Obviously, the entire world knew that it was a blatant offensive – I mean, a defensive um, pass interference. And these referees had TT all-time high. So, in my opinion, I hey, even if it makes the game longer, I'm all for it because I already missed football and it's been about a month. So, I'm okay if it's longer. <clears throat> also – Yes, the the coaches can challenge it, but however, in the final two minutes of the game, it's up to the booth to um re- review the uh, the challenge. So I hey, I in my opinion, I rather I rather get it right than get it wrong. And that, that that's how I see it. So they're treating it like any other type of call or any other type of penalty. That it's just one more added to the list on what they could throw the flag for. Basically, flag for basically. Uh yeah, you know, let's give it a shot. You know, just like anything else, I yeah, let's give it a shot. I don't know what else I could say on that. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, I guess we don't know what it's gonna be like until we actually see it. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, me personally, I'd rather have the call right and have the the right team win win the game instead of the wrong team. So earlier in this week, uh, Gronkowski announced that he's retiring. So, do you guys think this makes the Patriots vulnerable, or do you think they will be okay without him? 
Well, they're probably going. They're they're probably going to be good without them. No offense. They're always good. They always find a way to plug people in. And are you going to have another Gronk? Probably not. But they get production from no name players so frequently that it might they might take a step back. But I don't see it being devastating. What's going to hurt them is like when they need that that player to dominate for a whole drive. You don't have Gronk now. That's going to hurt you tremendously. Like in the Super Bowl versus the Eagles, they came back and it was literally every play they threw to Gronk. <laughs> every single play was Gronk, Gronk. And you know what's going to happen. You can't stop it. So, yeah, it hurts. It's going to hurt them. But will it, like, stop them from being a contender in the, in for the Super Bowl? Probably not. Just off of how Bill Belichick makes his players prepared for – Everything it seems like so next man up with them always works. I'm interested to see who steps up. I personally feel like the Patriots are going to take a step back because every team when you play the Patriots, who do you who who are you, the, the main person that you have to defend is Gronk because he can stretch the field and he's a good he's a good blocker, which is he's very underrated for. He's a very great blocker in his pass catching abilities, and the whole thing is they against against Kansas City. They could not stop Gronk to save their lives. Every time the Patriots play the Colts, we cannot never stop Gronk for nothing. So I feel like the AFC this year is more wide open now just because of Gronk retiring. Unless unless somehow they could address the tight end position in the draft, I just see the Patriots definitely regressing this year. I see them regress regressing only because last year... Gronk had a little bit of a down year compared to other years that he's had, but it wasn't his worst. And that could kind of show one of two things. The reason why I think they're going to regress is because this like kind of a little bit right before the draft that he's retiring. Free agency is already kind of underway. Players have already signed. I think had they known about this sooner, him retiring, they could maybe address it differently with a free agent signing, maybe uh, make a couple of trades to get a pick or move up in the draft towards eyeing a tight end. Who knows how many tight ends they even have on their draft boards, uh, being at the combine and stuff. So that's why I think it regresses them. It pushes them back in a step of this is probably something they didn't prepare too much for. But as far as them being there, in contention, it goes back up with the next man up mentality. For some reason, they just always have a next man up, no matter what position on the field it is. The eleven on the defense, the eleven on the, like it just it doesn't matter. The next guy is up and he's ready. He's got it figured out. And Belichick just there's something in the Gatorade that he's putting in that cooler because it's <laughs> they it, it's a system. They got it to a system. They got it to a system and they got it to a science. So I don't. It regresses them in a little bit of. What do we do now? And maybe they can't make a move now. Maybe they got to make a move during the season as far as addressing this need. But it doesn't regress them back too far. I just want to say something. Kevin's only saying that because he's a Colts fan and he hopes they regress. That's all. Wow. <laughs> so uh, this is okay. Okay. We're going to make it about Kev today. But, uh, Josh, I do agree with you, though. He did have a bad year, but I feel like he, he saved his best game for the playoffs in which he did. Show off of the championship game and the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, kind of like preserving himself, preserving yeah. himself a little bit, which is which isn't bad, which isn't bad at all. 
So with my final question with Gronk, where do you guys rank him as of all time tight end? <laughs> yeah, he's up there. <laughs> he's up there, but I don't put him above. Uh, so this is above Tony Gonzalez. I put him. Why? I put him. All right, go ahead. Why? Why not? Yeah, Tony Gonzalez. He with Atlanta, with Kansas City. The length of time that he played, like he, he did, he did, a, he did everything, and he was he was versatile from blocking to his health. And being on the field in the manner that he was, and Gronk, his injuries weren't always a problem, but for the most part, they were. You had seasons he played eight games, season he's played ten games. You know, I mean, seasons where he played thirteen games but didn't show up, and seasons where he's played fifteen. Tony Gonzalez didn't really have that problem, and I don't want to say it was maybe because he preserved himself. But he was in the league for a very long time, and he was consistently putting up numbers, and they weren't dropping off too, too far. The way Gronk had a period of within maybe two, three out of five, six years where they were up and down sporadic. Gronk is up there. I put him top three, top five for sure. Top three, we could flip-flop it around. But, I mean, the guy's numbers speak for themselves. Like career numbers, 79 touchdowns in a career from a tight end. Come on, you don't hear like you know what I mean. Receivers put numbers up like that. You don't really hear too many tight ends that do that. He's up there. I don't want to say that number one spot though. I would definitely give him the number two spot. And the reason why I say is, so this is my top three real quick. This is my number one is Tony Gonzalez, number two is Gronk, and number three is Shannon Sharp. The reason why I picked them three is because they all three became game changing tight ends. And Gronk, he has more catches and touchdowns in 82 fewer games than Shannon Sharp. And in the postseason, Gronk is already second all-time in touchdowns behind the great um, Jerry, Rest, um, Jerry Rice. The man, on, when, when healthy, he was the most dominant player on the field that was not a quarterback. He can stretch the field. His blocking was ex- – in- was perfect. Like the the only the only thing that held him back was injuries. But when when healthy, he was the best tight end, the most dominant tight end ever. When healthy, so in Gronk's sixteen game season that he played in two thousand eleven, he had ninety receptions, one thousand three hundred and twenty seven yards, averaged almost fifteen yards of reception, with seventeen touchdowns. <laughs> So this, so this is this is Gronk's numbers for his entire career: ninety-one touchdowns, including the playoffs, nine thousand twenty-four yards. Uh, he's he's a five-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, and a three-time Super Bowl champion. Those are numbers. They're talking about him retiring at twenty-nine, thirty. Uh, he 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 did it. Uh, he he did his he did what he could in those years, and what he could was enough. What do you think, Phillips? I think, I think when it comes to when we talk about quarterbacks, oh, Super Bowls play a factor. But when you talk about skill position, we're not going to act like Gronk has three Super Bowls. We're not going to act like Gronk played half the games as Tony Gonzalez. And if you double his stats, he blows Tony. He'll blow Tony Gonzalez's stats out the water. Uh, Gronk was injury. He got, he got a lot of injuries this year. He only had played thirteen games. 
47 catches and 682 yards. That's terrible for him. Any other tight end? That's great. Great fucking numbers. 79 touchdowns in the regular season alone. I don't Tony Gonzalez was not more dominant than him. If you if you have to if you if I have one player at their peak, I'm gonna pick Gronk over him. I'm sorry. There's nobody I've never seen a player play tight end and literally take over a game by himself. Just him catching the ball one time, that's it. The whole defense has changed. Tony Gonzalez is the great. He played 270 games to Gronk's 115. Yeah, I just, I just, nah. He's if Gronk played as long as Tony Gonzalez, he'll, it's no no conversation. But you talking about in their prime, who's better? Gronk is the best tight end ever. He's just a freak of nature. Period. Period. So real quick, is he a, fall, a first ballot Hall of Famer? He's probably gonna be. I would say yeah. Probably gonna be. Yeah, I, I would too. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, in our in the second wave of free agency, did you guys any did you guys like uh, like any of the team signings? I'm gonna go first. I love. Here the we best, go. The best signing in the entire free agency was Justin Houston to Indianapolis. I hope it doesn't work out. Wow. Yo, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> You're posting. <laughs> Yo, CTE, baby. <laughs> oh, that was This is why this country is so fucked up, man. No support. <laughs> you know I support you. Come on. So Chris Ballard, once again, does not overpay for one a top-tier pass rusher, in which the Indian Apple definitely needed so bad. So we, we gave him a two-year, $24 million contract, 14 years up front. And he's going to switch from an outside linebacker to a defensive end. And in eight years, he already racked up 79 sacks. And this, bar any injuries, he's still one of the best pass rushers in the game. Also, um, he's not going to be on the field, you know, 80% of the time. He's, he's going to be a, more of a... Um, we're gonna have a rotation just so we can have him more rested for the playoffs because that's when pass rush really matters the most is the playoff time. So Indianapolis, a great fucking signing, man. Probably best signing of the agency. I like that signing by you guys. I mean, like you said, he doesn't have to go in there. He doesn't have to be in every down uh, linebacker defensive end. He can sit there. The guys can run a rotation. He can preserve himself. I mean, playoffs is when everyone's expected to shine the most. What other guy than a veteran, Allen Houston, leading some uh, some fresh legs, some young bucks in that linebacking core right there, um, showing them the way. If he could be fresh and he could show them the way through the season and then come in kind of fresh in the playoffs and he could lead by example and they could follow suit, I see the Colts being a problem. I'm not going to argue that one bit. That's what I, that's what I love to hear. He'll, def- he'll, he'll, he'll have like 12 sacks this year. Ah, oh, whoa. <laughs> Shoot. Oh. He had nine. He had nine last year, and he had seven in six games last year. But okay. No, nah, he can. He could get twelve sacks with that defense. He could get twelve sacks. I can see that happening. So, what do you guys think Definitely. about um, Carson Wentz being in talks right now for a con- contract extension? Right now, we got to commit to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta commit to somebody, and uh, I mean, obviously, he was that guy. 
it was the guy in line, especially getting rid of foes and stuff like that. That's what everyone expected. Um, now's his chance. Now's his chance. You know, he, someone else behind him showed that they can do it and pretty much do what he hasn't got the chance to prove. Now is the chance to prove himself. He hasn't even really gotten to the heights and the pinnacles that Nick Foles has, but he's about to get to a contract, uh, get the contract extension without even having to play really in his contract year. You know what I mean? He better take that. He better grasp onto it, and he better take that opportunity and make the most of it and make every dollar be worth it of that contract because if not, Philly's going to be real upset at that, man. I feel like personally, Wentz is going to break the bank this year with the contract. I feel like he's going to average – he's going to get Kurt money because Kurt broke the bank. And in my opinion, I think Kurt is – I mean, uh, Wentz is a way better quarterback than Kurt is. So I think he's probably going to get an average, maybe $33 million a year. But I also feel like this is a, a big year for Wentz because, like, the eyes is on him. Foles is gone, and this is your team. This is it, like. But you guys see what you're really about this year. And I feel like he'll, he's going to show up this year. For sure. For sure. Come on, Phillips. I need backup. That's our boy. You know, it's, it's, there's, what, why do people say he has to prove anything? He has nothing to prove. When he was healthy, when we won that Super Bowl, that our team doesn't lose. We don't go 13 and three if he don't get hurt. We we don't lose to who we lose to. We lost to the Cowboys, and I think no, that was it. We lost to the Cowboys at the end. Wentz was the MVP, and he only played thirteen games. He got robbed. He 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 has nothing to prove. And if if you watch him play, you already he's not proving shit. Nick Foles has yet to show anybody anything past eight games in the season. He had the one year in Philly. 27 and 2. Cool. I told Kevin when we drafted him, he'll bring a Super Bowl to Philly. He did. I love love the I love the Lamont. And what I said, Mm -hmm. huh? It's not, it's 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 one of those things. When you're a quarterback, Foles has and I and the Kevin, me and you talked about this off off the podcast, and I've always said it. Yo, Foles could give you eight games where he plays magnificent and then I I don't see him as a starter. Like, everybody's saying, oh, he put pressure on Wentz. No, he didn't. Wentz was – we had, like, fucking 11 wins or whatever, and all he had to do was stay alive. And then in the playoffs, everything lined up for him. Wentz has nothing to prove. He's probably going to get $35 million. Who knows Jeez. at this point? Because he's going to – he's going to – He's gonna set the tone, and that's why the Eagles are saving. Oh, we're making cap. They have tw- they got twenty, like twenty some million right now. He's getting, he's getting thirty three, thirty five, maybe. Who knows at this point? But he's he he earned it. When healthy, there's not really too many quarterbacks that can mess with him. He could run, he could pass. How many quarterbacks have four people trying to sack him and escaping? Come on, man. He don't got nothing to prove. All he's gonna do is, I like it though, because now. Now he had, he got an extra chip on his shoulder. So go ahead, come on, ball out, throw for fifty touchdowns or something for me, something like. So yeah. real quick, since since we're talking cap money, don't forget Indianapolis has seventy seven million dollars. But wow, seventy seven mil. But here we go. Proceed, this guy. proceed. Oh man, ah, here we go. 
and this is and then when I say things like, "Oh, Joseph Houston's going to be a failure," oh, you're not supporting why, me. Why, guy, why would man. you I'm say that? You. That's the most disrespectful thing to say to anybody. Oh, but you randomly want to talk caps? You know what? That's <laughs> so let's let's move on to the NBA and for MVP right now. I hate to say it because I, I he fucking pisses me off, but I I gotta get respect to do. I'm I'm gonna have to give MVP right now to James Harden over over the over over the oh, green. There we go. Just here, just here. <laughs> <laughs> I wish y'all could see my face right now. Just just hear me oh out, right? All right. Oh, I'm a listen. I'm a listen. <laughs> <laughs> Begin the season, they were the 12 seed, and then and then when he went on that 32, scoring 30 points. In 32 straight games, they were winning games, and now he has brought the Houston Rockets all the way to a fourth seed. And in the past, what three games he dropped? What 57, 61, and 35? Like the, the number. Oh, I, uh, here we go. The number he's put up are great. I'm not talking about postseason. <laughs> I'm talking about the regular season. Two different things. All right, he's a great <laughs> player in the regular season, and as of right now, he has put Houston back on the map. Alone, Chris Paul. I have not heard anything this year besides that crossover yesterday, which was vicious. Whoa, it I haven't was. heard Chris Paul. I, yeah, I was. I haven't heard Chris Paul at all this year. I, nothing, nothing about him. So he's basically carried his team by himself to the fourth seed. Okay, and your point is, Greek Freak. Who, who besides Greek Freak do you hear from Milwaukee? Middleton, Nobody. Oh, he, but you don't hear them. Were they even? Were, no, Kev, stop. Stop oh, are you serious? Yeah, just, just, just because this dude's averaging however many points, does he play defense? No, no. He's second. He's second. The best in players. Wow, because he cherry picks. <laughs> he don't stop playing with me, Kev. You know that boy do not play defense. That dude do not play defense. He'll, he'll see you dribbling when someone else is playing defense. Oh, let me get a still. James Harden is the worst defensive player I've seen in my life. One. Two, you're talking about you got to go. This is what they – DK, this is why Tom Brady won MVP, right? Oh, you go by the, the best player on the best team. That's what it's supposed to mean, right? All right, cool, then. That's, that's the Greek freak. He's balling out of his mind just because James Harden. Oh, all James Harden do could score. Jesus fucking Christ, play some defense. Get some wow. rebounds. Like, come on, dog. Like, this is a, a whole game. He's – he, nah, I hate James Harden because he don't play defense. All he can do is score. Clay, Th- Clay Thompson will be a better scorer than him when he leaves uh, Golden State and he's yeah, the number LA. one option. No, nah, nah, he ain't going to LA, dog. Stop that. <laughs> Josh, who's the MVP? Giannis Antetokounmpo. You – okay, it's not to take nothing away from James Harden. He is tearing – it up right now on the offensive side of the ball. And it, he, like you said, he took Houston from being out of it, from having red flags all around the name, all around that that team, to now having them in the spot that he has them in. Paul, you haven't really heard much from him. Capella's there, yeah, they got a nice front court rotation added for Reed to it and stuff, but I mean, that, he's, not that he's not valuable to the Rockets, but they I feel like they can still actually do a little bit of something without him. If he's not in the lineup and Chris Paul is, that team can kind of hang around a bit. 
Now, if you take Antetokounmpo out of the Bucks, I that team kind of falls apart a little bit. There's not a player behind him at his position that can play at the level that he can and can bring what he can. That whole offensive dynamic will change. Giannis averaging 27 points per game. The next second person behind him is Chris, Mid- is Chris Middleton at 17 and a half. Rebound, rebounds per game, he's averaging 10 and a half. The next person behind him, Chris, uh, Chris Middleton, not even Brooke Lopez at five and a half. Rebounds, 12.6. Chris Middleton's behind him at 6.1. Not even Brooke Lopez. So he pretty much has everybody else doubled or has one-third more of everybody else's stats in every other statistical category on his team. Only thing he's not leading in on that team is blocks because Brooke Lopez is having a career, almost a career year in blocks, averaging 2.2. And Giannis is at 1.5. But everybody else he has doubled up in every single category on that team. I'm just saying, that reminds me of Wade when he had old Shaq. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, got to lead the team in everything. When you're leading the team in every category, basically, you're you're carrying the team. He's carrying that team like Wade carried the 06 Heat. You got to put him on your back, and you got to lead in everything. James Harden, he, he has good players. You're just not hearing of him because he's on a hot streak scoring. So it's Every all the focus is on that. Even if somebody if somebody puts up the same exact numbers <coughs> as him on that team, you're not gonna yeah. hear it. You know, the only focus is him. It's not it's and that's the problem. He's just more pub his games are more televised. You know of him more. He gets more more airtime and shit. So uh, he might win because of that. But if you're talking about best player in the league, it's it's right now it's Craig mm-hmm. Free. Well, Mr. Phillips, your Miami is looking a little rough right now. They're in the ninth seed right now. Orlando has took over. So I'm not worried about that. Okay. Okay. I said it. I said it from the beginning. (laughs) We get in the playoffs. Niggas better watch out, period. I still still think I should. I know you're not trying to play my team. Your team been out the playoffs for like a whole week, cuz. Oh, man. All right. I'm about to. I'm going to see how to. Take people off the show while they're on air, mother <laughs> motherfucker. You know? I, I thought they, I thought the Heat was gonna sign Basha a ten day contract on his uh jersey on his jersey night. Oh, this dude got <laughs> jokes. That's why I can't wait to D'Angelo Russell leave. Whoo! And go back to go back to LA. Leave. Nah, he gonna come to Miami. <laughs> Holla! Holla! Oh, as long as white sides there. Nah, but. Yeah, white side's going to have to be So, it's crazy how before the All-Star game, OKC was the third seed, and they have dropped all the way down to the seventh seed. All right, this is this – is, this is, this is, the, West, the West has always been crazy because, like, as of right now, from three to five, there are one game behind. And from six to eight, it's the same exact thing, one game behind as well. Is crazy, yeah. Like we said, like two, like three episodes ago, when we went over it around the All Star break, where I was literally through two through seven or two through eight, there was literally one game separating two through five, and there was probably like a game and a half or two games separating five through eight. And at that point, the Lakers were only, I think, four games back. Okay, hanging in the ninth spot. So, like, 
it, it, the West is, is wide open, switch, switching up to see them go from where they were at up top to dang, they're at the bottom. And a little bit of some tough waters there. I mean, they're still getting in. Sacramento, I don't, I don't know how I feel about Sacramento. So there's one team I thought I, – I, one team out of the entire league who still surpri- surprised me in their winning game is the Indiana Pacers because, like, I thought they were done once. And the Depot went down, I was, yep, that team's going to just plummet, and they just keep winning the games. They're, like, they're still the fourth seed in the East, though. A game, like, they're still a game over um, Boston. They're two games behind from Philly. Like, I just – that's wh- – whoever's coaching that team, I, I forgot who's coaching that team, but he is doing in a phenomenal job just to keep this team afloat with their best player down. Nate McMillan. Really? Yeah. Okay. So he's yeah. He's doing, I mean, he. he I, I'm glad you made this a topic, Kev, because I think what they're doing is impressive, y'all. Like they've only I think dropped one spot in seating since uh since Oladipo went down and, and, and I believe within that spot. And I believe he went down in January, and they're still winning games, like, which is very impressive. Yeah. Oh yeah. They'll slip here. They, they slip here and there. Like in their last ten, they're four and six, but. They're winning the games that are crucial, and that's what counts. That four and six in the last ten means nothing when they're winning those games that uh, are up against like Philly or up against a Boston or or up against a Detroit or something like that. And hey, like they're winning the games that they need to. Teams that they're gonna probably see in the playoffs, and they're gonna be confidence boosters for them. So there, Nate McMillan has it playing right. He has it doing right. He was doing every. He was doing good things in Portland when he was there. And had Lillard uh, off to start early and everything like that. So I mean, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. So <clears throat> I'm gonna name you these matchups in the first round, and you just gave me how many games, right? How the playoff is seeded right now? Milwaukee and uh, Orlando. Four <laughs> zero. Yeah, four zero. Yeah, me Milwaukee. too. Me too. Me too. Toronto and um, Detroit. Mm. Four, four, one sweep, Toronto. I got Toronto with seven because Detroit. What? Won the I got Josh. Detroit. Detroit won the season series against Gosh. Toronto. What do you mean? Gosh, jeez. They or, or, swept. They swept them in the regular season. Fuck. Uh, all right, <laughs> Philly, <laughs> Philly, Philly, and Brooklyn. <laughs> Philly oh, and yeah, five. Oh, yeah, I was gonna have me go. Oh, okay, I was gonna say I was gonna have me go first. Um. Philly and six. I'm gonna say Philly and five. All right, Indiana and Boston. I got I got Boston and mm. seven. Boston and six. Boston and six. Jeez. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Golden State and San Antonio. I got I got sweet. Mm. Six. Whoa, <laughs> Chacho! Yeah, I said it three. I said it three episodes ago. Go, San Antonio's gonna lose, but they're not gonna go down easy. It's gonna go six games, but Golden State's gonna get it. Yep. It's Popovich, man. It's Popovich calling the shots. Uh, Pop calling the shots. It's dangerous. All right, uh, Denver and OKC. I got Denver in seven. I think OKC. Yeah, OKC and seven. OKC gets tired of this little skid they're on. They're upset with this uh, change in seating with them slipping. I think they try to come out and make a first round statement. All right, uh, Portland and Utah. 
after that injury, Utah on five. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I got Utah on six. Uh, right. Portland is six. I think they still they still bring a bring a little With, bit. What? I think they still bring a little bit. Oh my god, yo, Kev, get <laughs> please. Nah, man. I'm tired of his shenanigans. All right, and uh, Houston and Celtics. I mean, Houston, Houston and Clippers. <laughs> I got I got Houston and six. Oh man. That's a hard one, but it's gonna go seven. I'll, I'll pick Houston, but the way the, the Clippers are going is, is that should be the most interesting matchup. That is gonna be the most interesting matchup. I got Houston in seven. I think Beverly and those big men and um on the Clippers, I think they're the difference. If Beverly could sit there and make hard shooting consistently, yep. that's, that's that may be a deciding factor. Listen, you know what? I might know what I lied. I'm going Clippers in seven because James Harden, dirty, dirty James, little bitch. James, here we go. James Harden, James, James Harden in the playoffs with a player like Patrick Bever- Beverly getting in his head. Oh, I like that odds. That's a good. Oh, I like, I like that. Nope, Clippers in seven. That game's gonna be a shootout, yeah. It's gonna be a shutdown because Beverly gonna. Get in his head. Only two points per game. Literally, seven uh, team points per game separates those teams. So that's that's. Mm-hmm. And I think what what the NBA season. I think there's nine more games left. So that's about two more weeks. So playoffs, baby. Yep. Anywhere between seven to nine games for each team. Let's go Lakers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So. <laughs> We can we, we can stop now. <laughs> oh, tight. So since you know we're called culture sports, I feel like you know we could talk about other topics. Not only has to be about sports. So this week it was announced that Avengers Avengers Endgame is three hours long. So Mr. Phillips, do you have any problem with a movie being three hours long? First of all, for Avengers, it could be six hours. I'll still watch it. <laughs> It just is what it is. I just need to get my rest beforehand, <laughs> and I'm good, baby. I'm good. With Avengers, I, the, it never feels as long as it is, so it doesn't really matter. With that, with, with Endgame, I, I'm gonna have to prepare myself not to drink no water and no, like no soda, like three hours before the movie starts, just so I, I don't have to use the bathroom at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> I cannot walk away one second from this fucking movie. If not, I'll give me a cup and I'll just piss right there. I was going to say that same thing you said, Kevin, when I said my statement. I mean, I don't jump too much into, like, the Avengers of that. It's cool. I watch it here and there as far as, like, the whole storyline and backline. I'm not too, too far into it. But those that are, I feel like because it's three hours long and because of the hype that it's going to bring, people that probably shouldn't be seeing that movie or should wait to go see it are going to run out there. Let the people who've been waiting for this and who really know it and understand it, let them enjoy it. Stay home. Let them have that first weekend or two. You know what I mean to enjoy it with their people's nah, and uh, see it through and through. They fuck not, fuck people, all that, man. I'm going. I'm going Thursday, motherfucking night. Yeah, niggas, that's what, that's what and, I'm saying. Niggas, niggas start pushing. I'm just killing right there on site. Oh, live on the air. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there we go. You heard it here first. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, 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 I'm the softest nigga in this town. But yeah. <laughs> don't listen to him. He gonna kill us all. Don't go to the same theater Kev going to. 
That's a fact. The fucked up part is I go to every movie. <laughs> y'all, pray, y'all pray for a nigga. Pray for a nigga. As long as Kaz buying the snacks, we good. Dog, yo, all right. So it, it, hear, hear, hear me out. I never, ever, ever buy candy at the motherfucking movies. I go to Dollar General. Dollar candy, sneak that shit in my pocket, boom. I think yeah. I'm not, I'm not paying seventy five dollars for a fucking. That's car. the gold. That's the golden rule. If you're gonna sit there and go, if you could go to the dollar store and pay a dollar and six cents for a big box of bunch of crunch, but you're gonna sit there, and you're gonna go to the theater and pay three forty nine. You out your goddamn mind. Because I'm saying, and then what? They want to charge you for something for a soda? Nah, you better believe for $2, I'm going to find a way to get that two liter of orange soda in there. <laughs> get my bunch of crunch. But I don't, listen, I'm going to keep it real. It's cultural sports. We can talk about everything, right? I'll take a thick joint to see a movie. Here, girl, hold this two liter down. Yeah, put, I, that, uh, put that shit in your purse, girl. Josh, Josh, Kevin, no, no. <laughs> Why y'all gotta take it left like that? It's cultural sports. I'm being honest. His nigga, this nigga said, I'm gonna get a big girl so she can hold down my two liter. You know how much backlash comes with that that remark? Enough. You could have said, you could have said, BB, oh BBW. God. Yeah, bro. Like, dang, put some respect I on her. No, big. You, yo, this Carmel Negro, yo. <laughs> See. I'm over said, this. See, I make me feel like I said the wrong things, and I'm just saying here, everybody need love, <laughs> and I just gave them some on cultural sports. The, the only, yeah, obviously, yeah. obviously, the only thing you can't sneak in is popcorn. So obviously, you gotta buy the popcorn. So why? Why not? Why Have not? you ever snuck in popcorn? I sneak yo. Is that a challenge? Like, what's <laughs> like, what you say, like, Come on, By the time Endgame comes out, it's gonna be warm outside. So where the fuck are you gonna hide the popcorn at? What you, nigga, I'm cold. Nigga, I need a jacket. What you mean, bro? What you mean, bro? Yo, the Michael spent 10 minutes in the men's bathroom heating up the popcorn bag <laughs> with a hand dryer. Nah, nah. Fucking lighter. Lighter in the spoon. Like, I'll be right out. I'll be right out. Damn, right Kev. Come on, Kev. Kev, Kev took your extra dog. Lighter in the spoon. Come on. Put this seat right there. Wait till one pops. Uh, <laughs> yo, yo, yo. <laughs> yo, I got the popcorn popping, yo. Yo, man, watch it. Oh, oh my god, man! Y'all niggas is clowns, man. <clears throat> oh shit, man! All right, so I'll... I... <laughs> yo, so hold on. What do y'all think about March Madness? As of right now, have y'all tuned you mean, into it? You mean you mean you mean, Z- you mean Zion Madness? Yeah, I've been watching it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> See, I didn't. At first, I'm gonna be honest. I, I he's a freak of nature, athletically Zion and everything like that. It's jump shot, off the dribble stuff. Okay, yeah, sporadic and everything like that. But one thing nobody can question is that guy's toughness. I mean, yo, from for Taco uh, Fall and UCF to say, you know, he ain't gonna make a highlight on us. He ain't gonna dunk on me. This, that, and the third, and for Zion to challenge him down two points or three points in the game, get the end one, miss the free throw, and Duke still come out on top. Yo, you either you tough or you ain't. And if your toughness transitions to the NBA, you tough, you tough, and you gonna do some things. Can y'all agree with that? Yeah, I do. I, I do. I, I feel. I feel like Zion definitely has a um, high basketball IQ because that play you were just talking about. He knew they were down four. Um, hit the and one. He 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 hit the um uh, the score. Got fouled. He's like, hmm. Let me just miss this on purpose. And then R J Barnett, R J Barnett right. caught it and then just laid it up. 
So I personally, I, he definitely has his biggest thing. His which people don't look at is his, his IQ, and he definitely has high IQ. Besides his athleticism, this man is a walking linebacker who's the fastest person on the court. It's just yeah. <laughs> you call him a linebacker. It's true. <laughs> is he? Is he? Is he? Is he a small forward or is he a power forward? He's a, he's a small in college power in NBA. He'll be a small. Jeez. Man, depending where he goes and who's coaching him, he got some ball handling skills to be a point guard. <laughs> nah, <Man>. relax, dude. <laughs> Come yeah, on, you Josh. Got ben, you got six ten Ben bringing the ball up, so I'm like, shit. yeah, but 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 that's different because Ben was always technically a a, a point guard. Yeah, he that's Zion. Zion will not benefit from being a point guard. That's how I feel. I feel like he's best suited. In the paint, doing letting him like run around, like you know how when they give LeBron the opportunity to stay off the ball. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like he's able to just catch the alley oops, like all that. That's what Zion needs. Zion needs to play off the ball, where he could just run free and catch a couple alley oops and just embarrass everybody, like he's been doing. Mm-hmm. Probably like elbow, elbowing around, elbowing the wing. Uh, yeah, you know, screens off the elbow, back screens without the ball going to the basket. What he really needs, he really needs to develop that corner three. If he could develop that corner three, boy, I'll tell you right now, it'll do so much damage. Because he's gonna be, they're gonna, oh, they're gonna worry about him driving. They're gonna give him open shots uh, the majority of the time. So if he's smart, he'll, he'll get that jump shot down pretty quick. How far? How far do you see them do going? I see. I see him going. Me personally, I think they can make it all the way to the final four. Uh, I see him going to the championship, losing the UNC man. Oh, wow, I got Virginia winning the whole thing. Yeah, you disrespectful, cub. <laughs> uh, that's that deep. Virginia plays that defense, man. Oh, is that deep? That's what you was gonna say, you that's... nasty nigga. You see, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So I got, I got uh, a depressing final topic to talk oh, about. Oh, here we go. Oh, this is the one he was talking about. <laughs> so I, I saw this topic from uh, another another podcast called Knuckle Knuckleheads. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, um, one of the hosts is named uh, Quentin Richardson. He played for the NBA, and when players go on on his show, he asks them, "Who's the first player to bust your ass?" And they answer it. So since we, you know, we're fans of teams, and you guys are both Eagles fans, what's the worst loss in, in his in your eyes in history that still bothers you today? Kev, Kev, why are you asking questions? You know that's gonna hurt my feelings, dog. <laughs> I thought we was boys. Do do I really need to answer this? You yeah, yeah, you need to answer this. Big. I gotta answer my damn self. Oh, I know. I I I could say what yours is. Don't don't say. It. I'll I'll say it for my damn uh, self. Well, you already know it's it's the Patriots. That loss, that loss will always linger. That was a game we should have won in the in the Super Bowl the first time with McNabb, To, and them. We had that game in the bag, and we we blew that shit. It's Josh's fault. <laughs> Damn. He dead has blamed somebody. Yo. <laughs> Yo. No, no influence in the game. For of all directions to point a finger, he chose mine. So, uh, yeah, I would have to say the, the Super Bowl loss, though, too, to the Patriots. I mean, the reason why I say that, a loss is a loss. If you, There was just the speculation and all the red flags surrounding it. Um, is McNabb a leader? 
throwing up mm-hmm. on the field? Is this the rise and the fall of the best Philly will ever be? This, that, like, this, all that wasn't necessary. You know what I mean? I mean, and that happens with teams regardless, you know what I mean? Whether they lose in the NFC to AFC championship game, no matter what fashion they lose, you know, and that's all questions that come up. But, I mean, it, everything that could have been too internal, it came too much to fruitation. And I think going later on beyond that, it played a little bit of a factor. That's why that sticks to me the most because I feel like it had a lingering cloud for a little bit. Not only that, after that Super Bowl, we lost T.O. And that was the most dominant receiver that, at, like, in, to be honest, that's probably the most dominant receiver the Eagles ever had in history until they got Deshaun Jackson. T.O. played a year and a half with us. And he's still he's, – he's probably my number one in Eagles that I've seen receivers play. Yeah. Like, he, we lost him. Westbrook, after that season started getting – it was so much that came with that loss. Yeah, I, I hate the Patriots forever for that. <sighs> I mean, I want to I say that our tie game against the Bengals was just as bad in 2008. Nah, I don't care about that. I care but about Super Bowl I think, losses. I think it's just as bad because – I, I, it, it, I think it's just as bad because McNabb didn't know games could end in ties. But anyway, nah, anyway. nah, he he, he has CT. <laughs> it, it was flaring up. That's <laughs> flaring up, nigga. He had the only flare up. Yeah. Oh, this guy, man. That flared up and stood there. <laughs> well, I, I I thought you guys were gonna hear mine. So we can just end the nah, show now. Nah, come on, let me hear it. I want to hear this. So it's Super Bowl Forty Four. It's the Colts versus the Saints. <laughs> all right, just, just just hear my story, all right? <laughs> in the first half, Peyton Manning is straight dominating the Saints. He only missed two passes the whole game. We're up 17-10. Boom, halftime comes. I had to be rushed to the hospital because I, I, I got kidney stones. So, boom, I'm getting rushed to the hospital. I get to the emergency room. I get to my bed. I start throwing up. I look up. Saints do an onside kick, and Hank fucking basket. The ball hit his fucking chest. He he held the ball, dropped it, boom. Saints recovered. After that, we lost momentum. The Saints just took over the entire game. And then, I think it was like fourth quarter. Payne Manning threw the uh, pick six. It's over. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got kidney stones that night, and fucking the the, the coach lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> Sounds like a good night, bro. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Well, guys, it was definitely a good episode. Wait, wait. So, question. All so, right. um. Josh, are you still there? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> got CTE on us? CTE flared up, man. That's all right, great. All what's, right, well, what's up? All right, so, um. Uh, you know, I want to get you a jersey. So, what size? Come on, don't, 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 just don't. Just <laughs> if you're gonna do that, I'll, I'll get you a Jim McMahon jersey. Yo, you don't even know what jersey I'm gonna get you. Why you get so defensive? Yeah, fucking yeah. <laughs> 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 basket. Don't fuck that. I'll, I'll dead ass fight you, dog. <laughs> That's disrespect. You want blue or white, bro? Which yeah, fuck one you. Wow. All right, all right, guys. So. <laughs> Fuck Lamont, we lost Josh. I don't know what happened. Yo, he's still. It shows that he's still there. Yeah, I know. So he's. 
He's over there touching himself. <laughs> he started smoking a blunt and fell asleep. <laughs> oh, he just backed out. Oh, he's an idiot. Oh. All right, well, guys, this is our coach of sports. We'll be back next week. All right, fellas. Well, All right. Just Lamont. All right, just Lamont. Oh, wait, wait. He came back. <laughs> Yo, get, get Kev a Justin Houston jersey. It'll last longer. <laughs> what the fuck happened? I don't know. I was hearing everything, but I, I just got that, like, that. Fade in and out noise, that squiggly noise thing. <laughs> so yes, I plugged nigga. back in, but I heard everything. You know what I mean? But yeah, get have a uh, Justin Houston jersey. The last just, year, have just, it for about the next like ten years. You know, just nigga, jo- just nigga, Josh, man, this nigga, no, no respect. Letting his CTE flare up. In a crucial moment of the show, just man, just get him off the show, Kev. I'm over it. Man. <laughs> I can't deal with this on a regular but for basis. Kev, that's a sad way to go out, man. Losing the Super Bowl and getting kidney stones. Dang, <laughs> wow, wow, Josh, rub it in. He's still hurt, and you're rubbing it in. Come on, man. That's worse than ours. Shit, he had kidney stones to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he got kidney stones at, right when the onside kick happened. He lied. It all started going Fuck. down. The kidney it's stones. <laughs> Wow. Like, I wanted to cry so bad, yo. I was like, why me? Why? This is got... Oh, man. If only it could get worse. I think that's the worst it could have ever been. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, this is definitely a good episode. And uh, this is Coach Report. Coach Report. <laughs> it's Coach Coach Sports. Sports. Shout out to Hank Basket. <laughs> All right. We got Mr. Lamont Phillips. We so, got Josh, and we got myself, Kevin, and this is another episode of Culture Sports. So, guys, I think yesterday had to be one of the most craziest nights in NBA history, in my opinion. Starting off, we got Wade finishing his last home game in his career. We got Nowitzki finishes home game. We got uh, Magic Johnson quitting out of nowhere. And then we had Jamal Crawford hit. Dropping fifty one, the oldest player ever. That was crazy. But, so, yeah, so we're was. not going to sit here. We're not going to sit here and say Paul George just hit a buzzer beater on DK, the best team in the West, arguably, and won the game. That's cool. Disrespect, man. This is crazy. Wow, I wasn't finished talking, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about one of the best players of all time. Lamont, I'll let you take, you know, he is your favorite player, so I'm going to let you go off and say, you know, what's your thought on his career and how do you feel about him retiring? All right, let, let's have a moment of silence because I'm, I'm trying not to cry. All right, he was the greatest player in Nets history. He never was even on the team. Let's start with that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. And I'm saying. Yo. And then, and then this bum, this bum nigga, Paul Pierce, going to have the audacity to say he had a better career. All right, he. This is what I mean, niggas. Niggas that is Boston fans, it should just all kill themselves. <laughs> like kill yourself. Yo. Like, this nigga. This nigga is not on Wade's level. Like the only two two guard uh, shooting guards ever close to Wade is is Jordan and Kobe. And this bum nigga want to act like he's top five small forwards ever. All right, it hurts. We just lost a goat, but he dropped thirty. They won by like thirty almost. It's not. It's not gonna be the same. It's not gonna be the same without him, yo. I don't even know who. I don't even know what who I'm gonna like anymore. Like I don't know what player to like. Like I think I'm done with basketball. I think I retire too now. Like I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, he's like D'Angelo Russell. Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> Wade's already the best player in Nets history. Like I don't understand. Like 
What like Josh? What do you? What more do you want? D'Angelo's gonna come to play in Miami with bum ass white side. So what's up? I wanted them to make the playoffs, like you said they were gonna do. Three I know. Episodes oh, ago. wow! Shots are being fired left and right. Wow, that's why D'Angelo getting knocked out the first round. Y'all gonna suck for the next ten years like usual. It's cool, bro. It's cool, bro. I re- I respect your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Wade, however, um, I haven't seen that one uh, that one commercial that everyone's talking about. Don't the, the oh, it was and that's rough, why man. exactly it hit exactly. me. It hit me hard, man. I was like, damn. As soon as soon as I said it, Lamont said, "Don't." Yeah, I almost cried, bro. Exactly. No bullshit. That's the first thing I've read. Scroll past it if you don't want to cry. But what did get to me a little bit was the tribute before yesterday's game, how they showed his son actually mimicking his warm up. Yeah. Uh, on the big screen, you know, his son doing the announcement, announcing them for the lineups. That was uh, that was real cool. Yeah. That was touching. Um, Dwayne Wade did a lot of a lot of good things. Like, I mean, some of the drills that he does working out and stuff like that that I've read in magazines or just seen online, I do with some of the kids that I coach. You know what I mean? Like, if that's a player that they want to emulate, he's a good role model in general. You know, from what he's done in the game, what he's done on the court, off the court family man you know like if I have kids one day you know and I'm gonna show them tape of Dwayne Wade I'm not only gonna talk about what he's did as a player or his points per game or what he did in the 06 finals and you know I mean the big three I'm kind of gonna talk about what he did overall and kind of how he helped culturize the game well obviously this is the obvious thing Wade is the the third greatest shooting guard in history just like his number um when he had this man had one of the best performances in finals history when he took over that Mavericks. My mm-hmm. God, and I believe me personally, that was the first year I really got into basketball. And when I saw that, I was like, Whoa, this, <laughs> this man is amazing! <laughs> and it's crazy because the, the team he had surrounded him were all old ass players, it was just him, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, besides. His obviously him taking over that final is one of his biggest things in career. But I feel like the biggest thing ever was showing how LeBron to win in the twenty 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 twelve uh, season. Because before that, LeBron didn't know really how to close the deal in a, in a playoffs championship. And I feel like Wade guiding LeBron changed LeBron's career. Mm-hmm. But the the biggest thing that sucked for Wade is is that his body just gave up on him, you know, just because he was, you know, a physical player, always going to the hole, always falling down, always going after uh, loose balls. Like it was just his now, knees. That, yeah, him his, his his knees were just shot. Yeah. Like, I, yesterday he tried to jump onto the um the podium and he, he he couldn't get up. He fell twice. He got hurt. He said it. He said playing seventy one games wasn't as painful as jumping up on that scorer's table. Uh, the man gave it all. The man put it all on the line. I mean, he 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 filled all the stats that they don't put on paper. Mm-hmm. All the hu- all the hustle stats. Listen, they don't even. A lot of people don't know he's like the sm- uh the only player under like six three or under to have over a thousand blocks. Like defensively, he was the best at his position when he was before the. Before the knee injury, Dwayne Wade was on pace to be the best player in the league. And that says a lot because LeBron was in his prime. Melo was in his prime. But Wade showed you, like, yo, I could dominate against anybody. And at the time, it was, wasn't it Nash, Nowinski, and uh, was Nash still there? When? When they lost in the finals. 
No, no, not not, not, not just with Phoenix already. No, he, that that's was... when they had Josh Howard and Devin Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, they had a good ass team compared to our bench was. I mean, our team was like Shaq, old as fuck. Antoine Walker, old as fuck. Everybody old as fuck. He changed the game. That knee injury just. Imagine he doesn't get that knee injury. He's probably a lot higher, and just everybody's greatest players of all time. I agree. I agree. And and just to go back to what Kev said too about um how teaming up with LeBron and all that like. That was important to him. He said it in one of the speeches that he gave, that coming out in that draft class with uh, Melo, you know, and LeBron, it was it, it meant a lot to him. So for him to have Melo under his wing, teach them how to win, uh, win it only helped LeBron as well because the game just revolutionized from that point forward, you know, and that was that that was just as important to Wade. It was just as important to LeBron, and that was mm-hmm. that was real good for the both of them. I'll say this though, um, Wade is the greatest unshuffled player of all time. Yes, because he sat back. He's like, Yo, LeBron. The only way we're gonna win these championships is you take over, and I'm I'm the wingman. I, I, let, hold on, real quick. Let's be honest, right? I I don't think Kobe was, would do that. I, I don't think Le, LeBron he would take. Us, I mean, he, right now he's because his age right now he probably would take a step back. But like people in their prime are not taking like Melo. I'm not taking. I'm not stepping back. Mm-hmm. He's doing it now. Look at him now. He's out of a team. Mm-hmm. Wade, Wade having that mindset prolonged his career even longer. I feel like, I feel like uh, he tried in the first in the first year they were together and they faced the Mavs. If you pay attention, I think it was like game one or two, you kind of started to see Wade was trying to make LeBron win them games, and LeBron couldn't get it together. And then I think. Him him realizing, like, Wade was putting it on his shoulders as in, I could dominate because Wade still had good numbers that finals. Yeah. But he was really, if you watch the tape, he was really trying to get LeBron to, like, dominate and be yeah. who LeBron ended up being after that. And, yeah, it just propelled LeBron to new levels because then, now that's what LeBron showed Kyrie and then when they won. It was like, yo, I can be dominant when need be, and you can be dominant, and that's how you win. Because Wade was dominant, but he didn't have that number two. Even though you had Bosch and LeBron, LeBron wasn't playing like LeBron. Yeah. Yep. And, and then when Kyrie and them won with Bron, Bron was dominant, but Kyrie was really cooking the Warriors in that finals. And it was like LeBron was kind of showing him what Wade showed him, like, look, I could be dominant, but I need you to be dominant in order to win this shit. And look yeah. at LeBron now. LeBron's going to teach all them dudes in L.A. that once he gets Anthony Davis. My, my final thing, man, it's it's going to suck not having Wade. Wade, man, he, he was a genuine good dude, and he was a definitely an all-time great basketball player. It, it just sucks because I, I, I wish he could play a little bit longer. Yeah. <sighs> he, said he, he said he got two to three years in him, but he was like, that just he wants to walk out on top, and this year yeah. he balled out, yo. He balled out, and this is the way you want to leave. You want to your last game in Miami, you drop thirty, and you beat a, you beat the Sixers by thirty, and that's a good fucking team, bro. And he yeah. showed you like when we're on, man. It just sucks he didn't make the playoffs. That's what really sucks, honestly. Cause he was definitely. All right, guys. So. Another great player. Jeez, they, they, this is this is this is getting too much right now. 
the whiskey's retiring. What, Josh, what's your what's your thoughts on the whiskey and his your thoughts on his career? I like Derek, man. I like I, I like this game, you know, from not having a name early on to just coming in and tearing up the scene, creating pretty much, well, recreating the modern-day stretch-forward position and actually giving it a name, that unblockable shot. Like, he, um, he, he he's, a hall, he's a Hall of Famer, obviously. Mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, obviously. Um, it's it's sad to see him go. Sad to see him go as well. I mean, you talk about top power forwards to ever play the game. <clears throat> top five, Dirk is up there. You know, like it's especially from him to uh, like a Euro player, not married. You know, like that's he he came in, culturized it his own way, played ball how he knew to play ball, went against the grit and the grind. You know, his story is even amazing. Like I saw a documentary on Netflix. It was at one point. I think uh, after his first year in the league, he didn't want anything to do with the league. He thought he wasn't. He thought he couldn't make it. Next thing you know, look where he's at right now. We're sad to say farewell. Well, I'm gonna say this about Nowitzki. To me, he is the greatest overseas player of all time. Um, he is also sixth in all-time scoring. Also, he created one of the best shots of all time. That that little fadeaway one legger, which is lethal. Almost as good as a skyhook. Um, the band also, you can't, regardless what LeBron did in the finals, the whiskey literally took over that finals and basically carried the Mavericks by himself because that finals he was on an all-time run, yeah. one of the greatest runs ever. And plus, free throw wise, I think he the entire playoffs only missed like two or three free throws. And plus, wow. plus a player staying with a franchise for twenty-one years is fucking amazing, and. He is definitely one of the, one of the greatest players of all time. Mm-hmm. Drafted by Milwaukee, and they let him go that day. <laughs> Yo, Dirk is probably one of the most underrated players and most least talked about. And literally, you don't have players like Perzingas, uh, Luca, any stretch, any big man that could dribble, shoot. You don't have without Dirk, man. Dirk, like, his staple on the game will be forever. Like you said, he changed that fourth spot into, like, it's cool to shoot the three and be seven foot. His First mm-hmm. off, his regular jump shot, he's seven foot and he shoots, over, like, literally behind but over his head. You can't block that. You're so, With his wingspan, he's probably 10 feet easy. How you going to block that? You can't. Then, like you said, Kev, he has one of the most deadly signature moves with that fadeaway one-leg shot. It's because if you look, if you think about it, he kind of is creating the space by having his knee up. And it's mm-hmm. it's just so deadly. He was and he wasn't he wasn't a selfish player. And let's not forget the he he's invited to all cookouts, any black cookout. My man came to every game with a plate with aluminum foil on it. And his wife is Black uh, Kenyan. She's Kenyan. They got remarried in Kenya, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. He's invited to any cookout. Dirk, come holla at us. Nah, he he ain't white. He black. He black. He's not from overseas. He's from yeah. He is Africa, baby. <laughs> not <laughs> Africa, baby. It hurts to see. Not like it's not like we're losing one great. We're losing Dirk and we're losing Wade, and those two 
their careers wouldn't be as great if they didn't have those two final battles. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy, like, the Mavericks' first championship and Miami's first championship are against each other, and these two dudes are retiring, and these are two of the best players to ever play for their franchise. It sucks, man. The NBA will not be the same without them. Nah, it's definitely, it's definitely a sad day for the NBA. Uh, I guess I guess I'll start with this fucking topic. Magic fucking Johnson <laughs> out of fucking nowhere was like, you know what? Fuck these niggas. I'm out of here. That's what he basically said. And like me personally, in my opinion, I feel like the pressure got to him. And Magic Johnson is too much of a lovable person. His personality is too lovable. And I, I feel like he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't have that player mentality he once did in the 80s. But right now he's like, I just want to be loved by everybody. I don't want to deal with the shows. I want to be a nice guy. I want to be able to talk to other players. And I, the, the Lakers fucked this up. It's simple as that. He never had experience in, as being the president. Um, He was torn with getting rid of the players. He was too public with certain situations when just should be in the clubhouse. But hey, this is the era we live in where everybody airs out all personal stuff, in my opinion. So there's no secrecy in uh, teams now. Yeah. And um, he thought having LeBron would make things easier, but when you have that caliber type of player, it comes automatic pressure. It's win now. The way the, way the Lakers are going right now is going to be that the Lakers, Kobe's last four years, where he just scored and that was it, and he just got injured here and there. This is, this is where the Lakers are headed right now. If, if they don't Fix this by this summer. Get a couple key players or a B a B list player. This this is this is gonna end really really bad for LeBron, and then it's gonna it's gonna have people second guessing him. Why mm-hmm. did he go to Philly when you had one of the best centers in the game, where you could have went to multiple finals and compete every single year? Where in the West is like it's tough, and now, in my opinion, the only way they can fix this. This is my dream scenario. If the Lakers could get David Griffin, who he he was the GM for the Cavs when they all made all those um, trades to put them in the position to compete every year. And then, hey, hire Phil Jackson again for three years. (laughs) Or if not, just go after Mark Jackson. Yeah. The the man built the Warriors who they they were uh, two two years before, you know, they traded. You're right. I was just going to say that. So the man man knows what he's doing. He just needed time, and the Warriors didn't give it to him. But this ain't about the Warriors. It's about the Lakers. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I I feel this is, like, one of the craziest years in Lakers history because, they after tomorrow, the entire um, coaching staff of the Lakers is getting fired. It's been reported. So I I imagine Johnson definitely – he fucked up because you, you you trade D Russ before a year before he figured out the NBA, you you you, you let go of Justin Randle right before he figured out the NBA. So it's like, dude, you fucked up. He screwed everything up. LeBron, leave now. Leave now, LeBron. If LeBron wants to not have a headache the rest of his career, and if it's about winning, he leaves LA. Now that magic is gone, apparently if their whole it's reported their whole court coaching staff is getting uh, fired or it's going to be tampered with, that's that's too much change in the, going into year two out of the four years that he signed for. That's not guaranteeing anything for him going into the later years of his career. 
he needs he he needs out. He needs out. This there's it's too much dysfunction going on over there. If if that's probably even the best bet for the Lakers, not even the best bet for LeBron. You could trade him essentially anywhere and get value for him anywhere, whether it's picks, whether it's players, a starter or two in a row, you know, like they they need to do that for them and they need to do that for him. So I think in a couple of years also Magic leaves. I mean, uh, Magic Magic actually uh, leaves behind a documentary or something like that with somebody. And now uh, essentially it's going to come out that him and LeBron never really got along. But you go, you get a whole pro- a high profile player like that and you're only going into year two or year three with the franchise making the moves that you made and you take on that president of operations role. Mm, that's that's some high profile stuff. You're going to be under some high heat and you're going to be highly scrutinized, especially in that LA spotlight. Hmm. I kind of feel like Magic or Kev said he messed up it. Too much was public. And then with all that publicity, as in letting shit out and letting it be known. I think he kind of realized I fucked this team up for for good now because he was the one that was letting that information out, letting it be known what they were offering and stuff. Maybe letting him go will benefit this team so much as in showing them, like, listen, he was doing things that we don't condone. Let's pick it up from where we we stopped before LeBron got hurt. LeBron don't get hurt during the playoffs. The team is a solid team. They're just young. Magic just he fucked up. And instead of and I, I feel the Lakers basically told him we don't want to fire you because what you mean to the team resign. It's like when a police officer does something he's not supposed to instead of firing them they tell them so they can keep their pension and everything. Magic didn't step down because he wanted to. He had no choice. They were going to fire him. And instead of him getting fired and then, oh, you fired a Los Angeles great. I, I see through the smoke and mirrors, but it seems like anywhere LeBron go, he wants to play GM. and He's not. He needs to be a player. If he wanted to just win. Win and basketball, like Kev said, why wouldn't he go to uh, Philly? Philly is stacked. Why wouldn't he go to Brooklyn? No, here okay. we go. Okay. Next subject now. All right, well, hold on. Be- be- before we let this go, I, I got to say one thing because, you know, I am a big LeBron fan. And it's, 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 it's simple equations with LeBron. It's adding two plus two equals what? Four. What do you add around him? Shooters. You don't add playmakers around him. He benefits more when he has shooters. Look what benefit him in Miami. What did he do? What did he give him? Shooters. His second, his second go around with the Cavaliers. What did he give him? Shooters. It's simple fucking math. Like I don't understand why Magic Johnson signed all these players that are playmakers. No, he needs shooters. Spread the floor. He goes into the paint. Do what he does best. Simple fucking math. I do not understand why he signed all of these players. It, it just makes absolutely no sense. For the past for the past eight years, how did why did LeBron go to the finals? Because he had fucking shooters. It's simple. I can fucking be a GM for the Lakers. I'll just get him what shooters. Because <laughs> hey, if the Lakers instead of signing Lance Stevenson, all these motherfuckers signed JJ Riddick in the, in the all season last year. 
guess what? That's a fucking shooter. Then trade them to season for Kyle Corver because he's what? He's a fucking shooter. It's fucking simple. It's really not that hard. It's really not that hard. You just do what Miami Cavaliers did, and they fucking work for them. Hey, man. And watch. If, if this GM comes in, he, he, I swear, if he does the same thing, I'm, I'm going to have to go to L.A. and just – yeah. Yeah. Don't don't finish it. You're gonna end up like Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll drop my resume on the desk. <laughs> I'm done. Oh man. All right, guys. So let's let's move on to some NFL talk. The Cowboys <laughs> gave the Morris uh Lawrence five years. $105 million contract. Ooh, 21 a year. Uh, average is 21 a year, mm-hmm. which puts him number three out of the top five, top four prize rushers. Obviously, number one is Khalil Mack. Number two is Aaron Donald. Number three is Lawrence. And number four is Von Miller. So, Mr. Phillips, was the deal worth it? I mean, if you feel like he's going to be one of the top pass rushers, for the next five years to come, I understand. But as a Cowboys fan, and if you're looking at next year, when you have to sign Dak, Zeke, and Jalen Smith alone, and not meant now we got to throw Amari Cooper into that mix, you have four players that played sh- such a key part in um your team. All right. Like I read a report today that they plan to make Dak Prescott the highest paid player ever. Okay. So if you make that happen, you're losing probably those other three players. Unless you start making some major cuts and changes, they can't afford to lose Zeke. Zeke is their offense. One. Two, Jalen Smith was the backbone of that defense. And Amari Cooper literally carried them the second half of the season. But, you know, besides what Zeke did on the ground. So if you're sitting here, you're telling me, even if you got to lose one of those players, who do you lose? You lost Cole Beasley, who was your slot, who was a dominant slot. You got Jason Winton, yeah, but he he's only going to be good on the goal line. You can't lose Jalen Smith or your defense is probably going to be trash again. You lose yeah. Cooper, you have no receivers. You lose Zeke, you lose... 80% of your offense. So is it worth it when you're not going to be able to sign these younger, like 21 mil to one player? Or can we figure out a way to keep these other four guys? Or don't sign Dak. If they don't sign Dak and they keep Zeke and these other three guys, the deal's worth it. But if if they, they can't figure that out, the deal is completely trash and just typical guy, uh, Jerry Jones doing typical cocaine with prostitute shit. Just dumb shit. <laughs> dumb shit. He's too, he's, too, he's too smart to be doing this much dumb shit. But as an Eagle fan, I'm like, hey, dude, you want to destroy him? Destroy him. But as a football fan, it's like, what the? Why? He's not no Khalil Mack. And mind you, against the Eagles, he has not had a sack yet. So it's like Ooh, that is that talk is, that shit, that's, nigga. That's talk the, your shit. That's the team you have to beat to win the division, and yet he does not show up against that team. The players that show up are Zeke, Cooper, Smith. Now you're gonna have to lose one of them, 
It's going to take away from that team. And as a football fan, I think it was it wasn't worth it. It won't be worth it at the end of the day, I should say. They should have gave him another chance to earn it. I see why they gave it to him a little bit, coming off consecutive Pro Bowl selections and stuff, only being 27, having an impact like that. Um, I mean, since the beginning of 2017, apparently he's tied for fourth in the NFL in sacks, eighth in tackles for loss, seventh in QB hits, sixth in forced fumbles, and Apparently, which is a cool stat that I read, he's also sacked the quarterback three percent of pass rushing on pass rushes during this span. It's the fourth highest rate on five hundred pass rushes or more, and that's a good stat. But he's not no Khalil Mack, and to give him that much money and to set the bar that high on that much guaranteed. You could have gave him either the same length of time, something smaller, maybe promised a restructure or something, or maybe he didn't want smaller, bro. He told him twenty-two mil, so he settled. <laughs> you franchise tag and you let him bite that bullet. Give us another year or something like that, and we'll see where you go from there. But the reasons are there why they should have got it, but the other areas that they need to address. It could it, it could have waited. It's it's just like like you said like you said Lamont. It's just putting a whole bunch of different holes mm-hmm. in a whole bunch of different areas that they're gonna have to address later. This is the question I have for you, Josh. You said it's 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 worth it, but I don't. I, I I'm trying to figure out if you franchise him and he doesn't sign, then you're in the Le'Veon Bell situation. You're in a Frank Clark situation now because now these players have control. You if you don't if you don't give them what you they want, they're gonna leave. Like Frank Clark, he told Seattle, "I'm not signing the, the franchise." Now they're trying to trade him for a second round pick, and he'll get paid by another team. So, how do you handle that then? If you're saying, "Oh, franchise him," you can't do that no more because look at Le'Veon; he got paid some place else. It's true, and it sucks when that happens. But if he doesn't sign this contract around this point in time, that gives them a little bit more leadway, especially going into the draft, to see what direction they got to go in. If he already got it in his mind, he wants that contract, he's not playing under franchise tag, and he lets them know that, okay, that's cool. Then I guess we got to draft a guy in his position and see what (laughs) we could get. You know what I mean? And then they don't have to kind of worry about filling in those other holes going forward. Is it going to leave a sour taste in somebody's mouth? Yeah, it could go either way. Either way, they got a they draft a nice linebacker in the second round, the same way they got him, and it might not pan out. He's gonna feel salty that they drafted a player in his position and didn't give it a shot. Well, I mean, it's a business. It's a business, and the players understand that just as much as the owners and the coaches and stuff do. But I definitely see what you're what you were saying with that. I definitely see what you're saying with that. From a need standpoint, if they would have went with the franchise tag. They're kind of not losing either way. They just have to address needs in a different direction. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think the contract was bad. And I feel like the Cowboys' hands were kind of forced since they lost Randy Gregory for a year due to suspension and they lost David Irving um, for retiring. So they were like, damn, we need pass rush. And they felt like their hands were tight. And they were like, we got to give him because he's going to sit out. And plus, he still has to get surgery. So they were like, Fuck, let's do the contract now, let him get surgeon, and let him be ready by training camp or early preseason. The Cowboys 
are in a good bad situation because they drafted so well that they got to pay almost all their players. Because for the past couple of years, let's be honest, the Cowboys has drafted very very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And if if we saw one thing, it's look what Seattle did that really messed them up for a couple of years when they signed all those defensive players to big big contract. It fucked them up in the offensive end. And real quick, look at Seattle's situation. Russell Wilson wants to wants to be the highest paid quarterback. Do you, the reason I feel like the reason why they're trying to trade Frank Clark is like, damn, we need value, and also we need to free up some cash space so mm-hmm. we can find Russell Wilson because we need to pay him. Back to the Cowboys situation next year or this year, they're beyond fucked because you got to pay Dak, which he's probably gonna get top five QB money because it doesn't matter what kind of <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't matter what kind of offense you put if you're winning. You're gonna get paid, and if you're losing, you're still gonna get paid. Cause look at Kirk Cousins. <laughs> anyway, anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, look at Zeke Elliott. He's easily top three running back in the, mm-hmm. in the NFL, and he is the workhorse of the Cowboys. Without him, the Cowboys ain't shit. And all you gotta do is pressure that, cause he is nothing without Zeke. Then you gotta pay Cooper, which he's gonna want top five receiver money. Mm-hmm. So boom, and then you gotta pay. Byron Jones, which he's a, a definitely a great cornerback. Guess what? You gotta pay him top five cornerback money. And look at Jalen Smith. He came back from a, he came back from a scary knee injury, and he's been playing well. You know what he's want? He wants to get paid because he's scared. If I get injured again, I am fucked. So I want my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Cowboys are in a very fucked situation right now. And them signing this uh, Lawrence to this big contract, he's not a game changing defensive player. He's a good. He's a good defensive player. He does not take over a game. Khalil Mack takes over a game. Aaron Donald takes over a game. Von Miller, I ain't got to speak for it. He took over a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Lawrence can have that type of impact. Kev, talk your shit, bro. <laughs> keep talk in mind, shit, bro. keep in mind too. In two years, in two years, if Anderson doesn't have a sophomore yep. staff, they're gonna have Boom. to pay him the money too. And if that's I'm- why. That's why I feel like Indy put them. Like I, I know it's being biased, but I feel like Indy. Put themselves in a great situation where they can sign players. They look at Andrew Luck; he's not doing for another contract for another two years. So in two years, you could pay uh, Leonard, you could pay Nelson. You, I think like the Cowboys are in a win that situation. So they're not really thinking about three, four years from now. So which this this is really going to bite them in the ass, and I say the next three years. Oh yeah, that offensive line too. They're gonna have to pay up a little bit. Mm-hmm. They got a good no, I know, I know, not, not, not really. I think Smith is signed for another three years. Martin signed for another, I think, three or four years, and I think Fedri signed. So th- I think that that's why that's where most of the money is at, anyways, is is in their offensive line. That's why they have little slow little cap space. I think you're right, actually. Now that I think about it, because you can think about it, who the hell is really signed long term on your team. It's, it's the, the line. line, which is you know, I, I, I granted, it, you do need a line. Let's, let's be honest, like that line is serious. Line, yeah, so. Yeah. So let's talk to uh, let's talk about a, a big a big dilemma that's happening in uh, Green Bay Nation, <laughs> where everybody just airing out secrecy. Like I said before, in early early in the podcast, we live in an era now where there is no secrecy anymore. Everybody just airing personal dirty laundry out in the air, so everybody could so everybody could choose sides. Of, hey, you know, I'm choosing McCarthy's side. I'm choosing Aaron Rodgers' side. So Josh, what's what's, what's your take on this? It's it's crazy. It's it's absolutely nuts. I mean, from what I'm seeing, a lot of it is just questioning Aaron Rodgers' leadership. 
as far as the whole Mike McCarthy firing and then feuding or whatever, I I don't I don't question Aaron Rodgers' leadership. When the guy gets hurt, plays through injury, he'll come back from injury a couple weeks early, find a way to get cleared, go out and compete, like because he hasn't got it done the past two years. Now you guys are just firing at him. You guys, you see what I'm saying though? Like, it's, I, I mean, their coach, I guess he was bound to lose his job. That team, they never were really bad at drafting. They put that team together well, pretty nicely as far as the weapons they had around Rodgers for a set amount of years. Other than the injuries hindering them and their lack of having a solid run game that probably would have put them a little bit over the hump, they were quite all right. So the coach being fired was bound to happen. I don't think Rodgers definitely had anything to do with it. Him being questioned as a leader, I mean, he's numbers-wise, he's proven he could do it. Rings, no, but he could go in and he could talk that shit because he could go on the field and he could back it up. And if he goes, if he feels like you slack, he's going to call you out. Same thing he did in training camp, camp this year. And anonymous people came out, airing it out, airing out the secrecy. Oh, I don't like how. Well, I don't like how he's talking to me. Well, he's a veteran. He's proven. He's done it. You're going to have to follow up, and you're going to have to listen. He's a great leader. I, if I'm building, if I got a team and they're adding another team, and I'm the owner, I want. If I got first dibs on Rogers, I'm taking. Mr. Phillips, I just feel like everything being aired out is we just it's people being sensitive, man. Who this is a business. Everything should stay behind closed doors because now what happens is, why would you want to go to Green Bay if things are leaking out? I don't want to go play there. Now, not only that, you're playing against the Bears who are only getting better. Now it's just like, and if these are if if it's just the organization as a whole letting things leak, nobody plays there. Is Aaron Rodgers a bad leader? I highly doubt that. Because when you watch him play and you watch how these players respond to him, it shows he's a good leader. Now, maybe is he a little bit of a diva? I could see it. Is he talking to people crazy? I could believe it. Tom Brady (laughs) talks to people crazy. You think they care? No. What happens is they haven't been winning. And the reason they haven't been winning, they haven't had a run game in what, five, six years? Mm-hmm. Not even. I say probably almost ten years when they had um, star and all, all them running. Exactly. And then they haven't really addressed the defense properly, and I feel like that has been an issue. And then it's like, oh, well, we could get into a shootout. We got Rodgers. Well, you might you might not have Rodgers much longer, folks. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this. What cu- what cures controversy and stuff getting leaked out? Winning. The Packers have not been doing it for the past couple of years. Winning. Winning. So the reason why this is becoming such a big story is because they're not winning right now. And from what I heard and read, McGar- McCarthy would tell Rodgers to do something. I heard Rodgers like, nah, I'm switching up the play. And Rodgers told something McCarthy. He like, let's do this with, nah, I, I know what I'm doing. And then also from what I heard is that they always wanted to take the credit of the big wins, the game plans. So you have two egotistic people working together, which is usually 
a good and bad thing. Look at example in Patriot at the Patriots. We all know that Belichick and Brady. They always there's clashing always happening. But since we don't know about it, why? Because they're always winning. So, and the whole thing with the Packers, like they 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 address a lot of needs. <coughs> They didn't put the right pieces around Aaron Rodgers to be successful late in his career. They didn't get him a running game. They haven't gotten no receivers. They have they have they never trusted defense. They shy away from the, this is the first year in a very long time that I feel like they went free head, free agency heavy. And also their drafting hasn't been really good for the past couple of years. I feel like the best play they drafted in the past what five years is probably what ha Clinton Dixon. That's not saying much. And Jair Alexander was another one the last last year after the rookie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they, it's, it's hit or miss with them. So I feel like, in their division, the Bears are still the best team in, in, in that in that division. So it's it's gonna be rough. So well, hopefully, with this new coach, everything work fine. And um, good luck to them. If not, they're in, for, if not they're in for a little bit of a rude awakening. And then you're basically wasting Aaron Rodgers' precious years. He got me personally. I'll say a solid three years of being great, and after that, it's gonna be. After that, he's gonna need the pieces. Yeah, that's he's that's gonna it. Need all the pieces. That's it. So I want to get to the topic that happened two weeks ago, which really shaking up the sports world, entertainment world, and everybody in general. I just want to get your guys' take on the death of Nipsey Hussle. Um, I told him out the other day. Me personally, I there's a lot of things I don't give two shits about. When a celebrity death, I'm like, ah, I don't give a fuck. They didn't know me. And I don't know them. And my life's going to still go on. But I told him, man, like, this shit, like, this shit bothered me, man. Like, like what? This, this man was a, a genuinely good fucking dude. But I'm going to let my, Lamont uh, finish this off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was, uh, he was something special. I say he's the Tupac of our generation. As in, you know, he's trying to teach us. To buy things that appreciate instead of depreciate, as in people don't know when you buy diamonds, as soon as you put them on your neck and walk out that store, the value is lost. When you buy a car and you drive off the lot, the value is gone. He's teaching our kids uh, buy real estate and land because when you flip it, you get money off of it. He's teaching them, you know, stay out the streets. He, uh, that strip mall that he got murdered at, he actually owned everything in it, and he was giving people jobs. He had a guy cleaning that place for 13 years that he paid for, and uh, regardless of the fact that he was in a gang or whatever, everything he was doing was uh, now positive. He was putting positive energies into the world, as in uh, the Dr. CB thing. He's making a documentary on a man who... uh cured uh, uh, multiple cases of HIV and AIDS and uh, a whole bunch of other shit that they don't want us to know. Uh, Yeah, death really is, you know, to me, it's like, oh, it'll bother me, but this is like the first death in the water. It's like really took a toll on me to the point like, and we got to look at ourselves as people, especially with how he went out. It's a that's a tough pill to swallow when you lose a man like Kevin said. This is genuine. Now nobody got about this man, mind you. This is a form a a a, a gangbanger, and 
You know, that's what they usually try to put on us. Oh, he's a gangbanger. He's a terrible person. He's a gangbanger, and nobody got nothing bad to say about this man. He's uniting Bloods and Crips in L.A. that have been feuding for how long? Like, his death his death is going to be a, a staple that people remember forever. And uh, a lot of positive is coming from it. It sucks that he had to pay pay that price with his life, but a lot of positive is slowly coming from this situation. I agree with that. With I mean, anything anybody can say about him, just knowing where he comes from, the walk of life he might have lived and everything, it's a lot of people will find it easy just to overlook the positive he was doing and put it out. Um, and that's a little messed up because he's he's done great things as far as trying to employ people, you know, bringing unification amongst the gang violence to end it, you know, getting people from all walks of life, you know what I mean, on his side or the other side to come together for those same reasons, you know, like, I mean, me personally, I know people from all walks of life, you know what I mean, one thing I do with my spare time and stuff is I coach kids basketball, and anybody that I know from walks of life, you know, uh, in a gang, not in a gang, uh, whatever the case may be, they, they respect it, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll come catch a game. They'll come catch a practice, you know what I mean? They'll still show me love for what I do, share a post and show support. So, like, it's that love is genuine, you know what I mean? When you actually put positivity out in the world, you can tell when that love is genuine. And, I mean, like his homie said, man, like, he was doing everything good. He was Everything he was doing was part of God's plan. And what happened was unfortunate, but it was part of the devil's work. And... It's it's like Lamont said. It's sad that the the price was was a life, but definitely R.I.P. to someone who a lot of people need to look at. You know, for what he did, not necessarily what he might have done or what what flag he had. You know, definitely look at the substance of this man and try to keep that same positivity and convince others, if not yourself, to put it out there in a, in that form. The the whole to me personally, he, the whole the whole situation is it just it just fuck it, it sucks because like the man was on a great fucking run musically wise like my 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 that song right now I can't stop bumping is Double Love which is definitely a dope song, he just got nominated for a Grammy like his his career was like just going it was skyrocketing right now he was gonna do a joint album with Meek, he he had so many things planned out with NBA players which is which is dope but, like it just sucks that it had to be. A trash ass dude. His one of his people he knew and helped out just fucking mur- killed him for what, dude? Like, cause you're hating. Like, similar, it makes you think. Like, who in your circle, in your own circle, is like, damn, who who hates me a lot? Who wants to get at me? If they get a chance to get me, would they get me? Yeah. The, whole, the whole the whole situation is it's it's trash, man. It's it's it, why did it have to come to this for you know to, for a lot of unity to happen? It shouldn't it shouldn't have to be a man's life. You know what I mean? It, it sucks. In the whole situation, he had he has a family. He he had a wife. You know what I mean? Like. I, ho- I hope this dude, wherever he's at, man, he dies a painful death and slow one, too. So, yeah, guys, let's uh go into the final topic. I just want, you know, since we're culture sports, I, you know, I, I definitely want to dive into other things. And um, what's, what's your uh, top five, I mean, the top three video games of all time, in your opinion? Top three video games of all time. Uh, go ahead, Mr. Phillips. Phillips, are, are you awake? All right, the man, the man fell asleep, Josh. It's just me and you right now. 
right. Uh, top three games of all time. See, my games usually range from what I play a little bit of everything. So you're going to hear probably a mixture of some sports, uh, some role-playing games. Uh, one game that always stood out to me was uh, was the Dynasty Warriors games, the Dynasty Warriors series. Um, I've never really been too much into, like, anime stuff, but I've always read books growing up, kind of like about, like, the Chinese kingdoms and all the uh, all that great stuff and just the way they try to conquer territory and the, the series of that those games, which are still running from when I was probably about, like, fifth or sixth grade, um, they kind of depict all of that. So that those stand out to me. Um, MLB The Show is definitely one. It's definitely a good one. Partly because they only make it for, for Sony, for PlayStation. <laughs> so not everybody gets the privilege of playing that. But it has a new aspect to it every year as far as the mechanics, the pitching mechanics, the hitting mechanics, the fielding mechanics. Um, they make it more attainable for the player to actually progress in the game as far as degress it has always has a good balance to it as far as the career modes and my player modes um so that's that's a good one that's always a good one for me uh my third one the third one's a uh, a tough one Uh, i don't have a specific game but i'm gonna say anything really tom clancy I love Tom Clancy games, Rainbow Six, the divisions uh, that are just all coming out and stuff. Uh, those uh, those are amazing. Those games are amazing. The shooting mechanics, the uh, the role playing games that they put in, especially these division ones depicting New York, depicting the Pentagon in Washington D.C. Uh, it it's it's they're overall great from the makers to to every everything that's involved. I. Games are something that I, sometimes I try to say I'm going to get away from as I get older, but I, I just can't. Like, I sometimes find myself making time for them. You know, you got a couple friends that are like, hey, you got a little time tonight, whether it's online or coming over. I'm like, eh, you know what? Yeah, I do, I do. And I say it might not be a game that I have, but the next thing you know, it's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to grab that. So no specific order. That's my three. Yeah. You got a little range of some sports, some shooting, some role playing. Man, I don't care what age I am. I don't care if I'm 45, 38. I'm going to be a gamer to the day I fucking die. That, that, that's, the way, that's the way I'm rolling. That's how I'm rolling, too. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, don't, I, I could be in my 60s playing a PS8. I don't care. I'm still, I'm, I'm still going to be a gamer. But um, my top three, number three, I'm going to put, uh, I don't know if you ever played this game. It's called The Last of Us. It's probably one of the best games I've ever played in my life. It's a zombie game. The story, the story was amazing. The gameplay is fantastic. At, at the time, it came for the, came up for the PS3. Uh, the, the the story was was it, it, it's what got me to the most, and it's probably hands down probably one of the best games ever. See, I heard of it too. A friend of mine. You girlfriend. never played it? No, I haven't played oh, it. A friend of mine, his girlfriend, God. his girlfriend was hasn't played what? It. The Last of Us. The Last of Us. Wow, Josh, get off. My, where the my, Lamont, my, Where the fuck were you? The value, fuck. Uh, messed up, guys. That's why I was like talking, and y'all still didn't hear me. Whatever, it's cool. But yeah, I did see the trailer for it, and it is on my list to download. No, Josh, Josh, stop talking. That's it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> number <laughs> number number two. I'm gonna have to put uh, God of War because holy shit, 
I there were so many there were so many times Lamar hit me up. I was like, nah, bro, I can't I can't make it, man. I'm I'm playing God of War, man. Like well, me personally, when I get into a game heavy, I I my sole focus is to beat this fucking game and beat it at hundred percent. The graphics, one of the best graphics I've ever seen on a game ever. The gameplay, one of the best ever. The upgrades, wow. The story, I was just hooked onto the story. It, it was amazing. Me personally, top two in my in my in my in my uh, games. And number one, again, I faked out Lamon a bunch of times. Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, <laughs> the, the only like, I, I am not an emotional person for anything besides my kids. But y'all, this fucking game made me fuck almost cry. Like a, a little tear came down my face. I'm not gonna say because I'm not you beat the game. No. I can't say, but alright. <laughs> <laughs> the story is wow. Like the the AI, like the, the character in the interaction with other uh, players in this game is fucking amazing. Lamar, you can attest to this. It's really an open world. You can do anything mm-hmm. any, anything you can think of, you can fucking do. You wanna get drunk? Go ahead. You wanna yep. go to wash your asshole? You go ahead. You want to fucking skin some bears? Go right ahead. You want to shoot some birds? Go right ahead. You want to rob a fucking train? Go ahead. You want to kill people for the hell of it? Go right ahead. <laughs> Yo, you want to throw the bodies in the moving river so you don't get caught? Go, Go ahead. right ahead. Dang, games like that. <laughs> Dude, come on, Josh. Like, I, it's listen. It's I, like I, I died for this shit, all right? Oh I know God. about games, all right? It's like. Hold on, hold on, Lamont. In the words of Dutch, I got a plan. Oh, I need Kev, some fucking money. Kev, shut the fuck up now. You're done talking <laughs> after that shit. I need. I got a plan, fellas. I nah. need some money. Listen, um, yeah, that's probably my number two game of all time. My number one is Conker's Bad Fur Day. Ooh! I don't care what anybody says. If you classic, you ever play Conker's Bad Fur Day, then you understand that to this day. I will die for that shit. If someone disrespect Conker's, I'm fighting them. I don't care. <laughs> oh, my mom and them. Yo, don't disrespect Conker's Bafford. Red Dead Redemption, though. Yes, that's a that's a classic, man. That's probably hands down. It's one of them games that I'll be like, I'm gonna play for I'm gonna play for an hour. Next thing you know, I'll put a 10-hour shift on it. Nah, cuz I'm good. I can't. It's just everything. You you rob people, saving kids or uh, gambling, playing games with that that game where you put your hand on the table and put the the knife through it, like it's so I'm much. Nasty. I'm like, nasty at that shit, yo. Yo, it's so much you could do. You could gamble to get money. You could give money to the poor. You could rob the poor. It's like whatever. <laughs> it's like whatever you wanted to do, you could do. That's a that was a great game. Oh man, damn. What's my my third favorite game of all time? Probably have to be like Mario sixty four, man. It's just wow. the, the classics. Two, game? Two the 64 classics. games? Yeah, but yo, 64 was just amazing, bro. Like, yeah, it's that. It's Mario, it's Mario 64 slash uh, ESPN 2K football. When that Ooh. game dropped, that was the... Damn, this nigga Lamar's dropping gems right now. Yeah, yeah, dropping yeah. gems. Yeah. Whoever's was... listening to this, thank me after you play these games I dropped. <laughs> that was, a, that was <laughs> a classic commentary. Yo, what about... uh? Fight Night Champion. That was another fire game. Yeah, that was that game was fire. Lamar, real quick, where where would you rank The Last of Us? Oh, you know what? That it's just if I take out the classics, that's probably really my number one. <laughs> it's just it's just I I I can't not put Conquer's Bad Fur Day in there. I put Red Dead number two just because it's open world. But wait till wait till you beat it and then then you I think you'll change your mind. Honestly, I'm I'm not even joking. Maybe. 
But dog, dog, last you know of how, us, you know how you know how I am. I, I I am not a sentimental person. This shit fucking hurt me. Uh, yeah, that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing the thing with Last of Us was, it was so great. Like, I wouldn't even put a number on it. It's that's like it's a, this it, bad fur day to me. Those two probably like you could play whenever. That's it. I don't yeah. care how old you are. You play them and you're going you're gonna be hooked. I see Kyla plays it sometimes, and I'll be watching her. Like, yo, you suck, you suck. Just, so, <laughs> just, just so she can give me the controller. Like, let me, let me show you, let me show you. Come on, let me show you. It's one of those games. Like, you can't watch someone play without wanting to play. Yeah, yeah. My list is all crazy, actually. Now that I think about it, I didn't yo, even mention Last of Us. The whole, thing, the whole thing with Last of Us, it's a game that made you think, how would you survive in, 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 in a zombie apocalypse? Yeah. Like, you, this again, you can't just go straight ahead. I'm gonna fuck all these niggas nope. up. No, you had to fucking think. How, I, I'll, I'll hit this real quick. I'm gonna hit that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's again that made you think. And this oh, fucking you gotta get tactical. It. Yeah, and part two's dropping very soon. Hey, kids and kids are coming over this week. I'm like, hey, I don't, I, I'm out of father this weekend. Nah, you uh, did you did you <laughs> see the uh, days gone? Oh, I know. I can't wait for that either. Yo, that is that to me. It's the last Red of us. Dead, it's last of us on a motorcycle. It's not. It's last of us meets Red Dead Redemption. Ooh. That's what it's gonna be. Classic. You know what? Can we just kind of just buy it already and just play it? Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to check the PlayStation Store and see if they got these games. Nah, Josh, really. Uh, you know, Ojo aside, please play the Last of Us and Red Dead Redemption. I got the Last of Us. You need to hold it down, actually. Yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need that. But if you lose it, that's your ass. <laughs> Pull up with it. I'll pay you gas money. Yo, 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 real quick, Lamont. Do you remember Bath? Yo, the one thing I never forget when, when you pissed on people and you like you like burned them and shit. Do you remember that bad for a day? Yo, yo, yes. That's messed up. Yo. yo, you remember the first boss was a big ass piece of shit. You threw toilet paper at him. Yeah, that, yo, that was that was. Yeah. Yo, the best part of that game was it was so far ahead of its time. It had the multiplayer. Remember where you could be the the, the squirrels or you could be the bears. Yeah, and then oh my and God. then not only that, I love you the remember bears. the last the scene. Bears. The last scene was the Matrix. Mm-hmm. That was the dopest fucking video game scene ever in history because the mechanics for it were complex at the time but easy enough that you could be like yo i just want to keep playing this mission yo it was it was like at the time remember it was golden eye was the best game and then you had like it was like golden eye animated with perfect dark mixed in it was so many different it had mm. everything that's the most complete game i ever played i would beat it i would beat shit and then I remember, like, yo, I'm just going to start over. Or I'm going to save here so I could do this mission again. Like, yeah, it was crazy, man. Best game ever, man. I, I, I just can't. All right, fellas. Well, this was definitely a great episode. And I can't wait to do it next week, man. Take care, fellas. Been a real. <laughs>